Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us is the gospel lesson read previously. Thus far the text, dear friends in Christ. This past Thursday, August 18, a rather exclusive and somewhat secretive dinner took place in Montreal following a two-year absence due to COVID. It is called in French, dinner en blanc, or in English, dinner in white. It is called dinner in white because everyone who participates in this dinner must wear white clothing. No other color is allowed. And the people are instructed to bring white tablecloths and white dinner napkins to this dinner. For weeks in advance, people can submit their email addresses if they desire to receive an invitation. And then emails are sent to a certain number of guests telling them where they should gather to be transported either by bus or mass transit to the secret location of this dinner. To keep this location a secret, the chairs and the tables for this dinner are not set up until just 30 minutes before the dinner begins. Because of all the drama and all of the secrecy and all of the intrigue, an invitation to the dinner in white is a highly sought-after invitation. When our gospel lesson for today Jesus talks about an even more highly sought-after dinner in white, the heavenly banquet, the eternal feast in the presence of God and all Christians. It might be appropriately called a dinner in white because we read in Revelation chapter 7 that all who are in that heavenly host will be those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Everyone is invited to this dinner, and everyone's presence is desired by the host. And we can learn a lot about this heavenly banquet if we listen to what Jesus says about it in our gospel lesson for today. First of all, although everyone is invited, and the presence of everyone is desired by the host, it is clear that not everyone will enter that banquet hall. Jesus says in our gospel lesson, strive to enter by the narrow door, for many will seek to enter and will not be able. What does Jesus mean by this? This makes sense when you think of Jesus as that narrow door. He is that narrow door through which one passes into the banquet hall. In John chapter 10, where Jesus is talking about a sheep pen where his followers reside, his sheep reside, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he shall have everlasting life. Jesus is the narrow door because he is the only way into that banquet hall. In John chapter 14, 
Jesus does not say, I am a way to the Father. He does not even say, I am the best way to the Father. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Or in Acts chapter 4, Peter in a sermon says, There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Or finally, Paul, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, writes to a young Timothy and says, There is one mediator, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus, Peter, and Paul all agree that Jesus is the narrow door. He is the only way into this eternal banquet. And yet, there are many people today trying to enter that banquet hall through many other wide doors. There are wide doors because many people are trying to enter through them. There is, for example, the wide door of spiritual complacency. People trying to enter through this door just really don't think that much about God or life or death or eternal life. They like to keep Jesus at an arm's length in their life and think that, well, somehow things will turn out okay in the end. Or there's the wide door of spiritual sincerity. People who try to enter through the door of spiritual sincerity think of salvation as the summit or the top of a mountain. And they say that there are many different paths or many different roads to get to that summit of salvation. And it really doesn't matter which road or which path you are on as long as you are sincere. And of course, there is also the very wide door of works. People who try to enter the banquet hall through this door think that if they just do enough good things, if they just live the best possible life that they can, if they just help enough people in this life, that somehow their good will outweigh their bad, and they will enter the banquet hall. Many people are trying to enter that banquet hall through these and many other wide doors. And many of these people think that just about anybody and everybody is going to be saved. And so pervasive and so prevalent are these types of thinkings today that many times we can shirk back when we hear people talking in those terms. Afraid to give witness to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life for fear of being ridiculed and out of step ourselves. Well, Jesus minced no words when he talked about where those wide doors lead. In his Sermon on the Mount, he said, Enter through the narrow gate, because the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Unlike the dinner in white in Montreal, 
One receives invitation to this heavenly banquet, not through an email that you receive, but rather notice it is the master who determines who gets into that banquet. It is simply being known by the master that gets you into that banquet, being known as one of his, and that can only happen through faith in Jesus Christ. And on the other hand, if you are not known by the master, if you are not known as one of his, you will not get into the banquet hall. And notice that there is that anxious time when the door is shut. And once the door is shut, you will not be allowed to participate in the banquet if you are not already in the banquet hall. And for those who are alive today, for those who are not known by the master as one of his, that door slams shut at the point of their physical death. There is no second seating at this banquet. And that adds a sense of urgency and a sense of permanency, a finality to this banquet. It also adds a sense of urgency for us as a congregation here at St. Paul's. People whom God continues to use not only to strengthen the saved, which is of course a good thing, but also to save the lost. Those who are not known currently by the Master as one of His. And so I urge you and I encourage you to continue to pray for those who are not known by the Master at this time as His. And as opportunities arise, speak with them about the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, and all that he has done for all people by the shedding of his blood, by the giving of his life on the cross. And of course, there is a sense of urgency for us as a congregation as well. As we continue to think about and pray about how we might more effectively reach out to those outside of these walls, to those in our community who are not yet known by the Master as one of His. And notice also in our gospel lesson that it is not merely a knowledge of Jesus Christ or a familiarity with Jesus Christ that gets one into the banquet hall. Those who are left outside and are protesting and arguing say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. The immediate application was to those contemporaries of Jesus, those Jews, some of whom did eat and drink with him, many of whom heard him teach in their streets, but perhaps thought of him as merely a prophet or merely a great rabbi. So also today, a mere knowledge of Jesus, or even a respect for Jesus as a great teacher, a great example of love and compassion, a great example of humility and service, 
a great moral example. While he is all of these, yet that is not saving faith. That is not faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. That does not get one into the banquet hall. And that is a warning for all people who are trying to keep Jesus at arm's length in their life. But the good news for you is that indeed you are known by the Master. You are known by the Master as one of His. You will not have to argue and protest your way into the banquet hall, for you already have a place in that banquet hall. It was at your baptism where God made you his own through the water and word of holy baptism. There he made you his own. There he forgave you all of your sins. And there he reserved a place for you at the table, a place at the table in that heavenly banquet, that never-ending feast in heaven. And today... That same master has reserved a place for you at this table. He invites you to come forward and to dine with him where he will give to you what only he can provide, namely, the forgiveness of all of your sin, the body and blood of Jesus Christ shed for you on the cross, and strength and encouragement for your daily living. And this feast here, is but a foretaste, but a shadow of that great eternal banquet to come. And notice finally that even though we enter that banquet hall through a narrow door, the number of people there are not few and not exclusive, just the opposite. Jesus says in our gospel lesson that people will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and will recline at table in that banquet. That's the nations. That's the Gentiles. That's you. And that's me. And as the guests will not be restricted in terms of geography, they're not restricted in terms of time either. For Jesus says that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the prophets will all be there as well. Thanks be to God that we who were last are now among the first seated at that banquet table. And so today, as every day, give thanks and praise to God for his grace and his mercy to you in and through his Son, Jesus Christ. Give thanks to him for all that he has done in you, resulting in the fact that you are known to the Master and you are known to the Master as one of His, and you have a place at the table. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.